Hi, I'm Jago Wynn, and welcome to the HDC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the daily Bible thought, and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Ben Rogers. We've been working through Colossians for the last couple of weeks and today we're taking the very last little chunk of it. It's the last four verses. Um, On the face of it, it probably looks like Paul just sort of signing off, saying hi to a few friends. But we're going to try and take it verse by verse. And I'm hoping that you'll see that even the footnotes of the Bible, even the little verses at the end of a chapter, can give us lots to think about. So... Let's kick off, shall we? Verse 14, it says, um, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you as does Demas. And we'll come back to Demas in a second, but this is the same Luke that wrote one of the four Gospels. And we're given the interesting detail here that he was a physician, a really highly trained medical professional. Uh, And that's why Luke's Gospel kind of stands out as being very uh, heavy on detail and evidence and methodological methodical arguments. But it also reveals that Jesus' story won not just the hearts of the poor and the sick at the time, but also the minds of uh, society's top scientists. And it offered hope to the leper and also kind of intellectual rigour to the physicians that were treated them. And it still offers both those things today. That's verse 14. We're going play by play. Verse 15. Uh, Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. Now, some manuscripts say... Nymphs in his house, some says theirs. Um, but basically, it's saying that's not the important thing. What's revealed is that you had both men and women working together to build the church, meeting in houses, and hosting gatherings like we do today. So these are real people in real places. Verse 16, Josh, it began. Um, and when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. So the letters were being written by Paul in prison then sent to the churches and then read aloud in the congregation so that everyone could hear. And this sort of oral tradition, this um, sharing by word of mouth goes right back to the origins of our faith. The stories of Abraham and Moses, Elijah and Esther, they would have been passed down through generations by word of mouth before we had computers or even before sort of record books and stuff were kept. But also reading out loud like this removed the barrier for those that couldn't read. And we kind of take that for granted today, but most believers then would have been uneducated. They couldn't have engaged with the gospel unless it was read out loud to them. Um, That's still the case for many today. And I think we kind of it's good for us to remember that. But even if we can read, we do need help understanding it. And it's why Paul places such an emphasis on the role teachers play in churches, making the gospel accessible, helping it. Um, helping us to apply it to our own lives. Which leads to verse 17, where we see, and say to Archippus, see that you fulfil the ministry that you have received in the Lord. Now, Paul could have written this letter privately, I'm sure. He could have just sent a little private note to Archippus saying, by the way, mate, don't let yourself down in that ministry. But he wanted this line to be read out loud in front of the whole of the church. I mean, talk about accountability. Um, But I think that just shows really the sort of responsibility and the charge that our leaders have before God to steward the church and um, help us through things. 
but also we all carry that charge. We're all given ministries um, to sort of make sure that we see that we fulfil, whether that's teaching or healing or banking or parenting. We all have ministries that we're, we're carrying out. Uh, and then finally, verse 18, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. That's him just giving his signature, basically. Do a big squiggly Paul at the end. Um, Remember my chains, grace be with you. Now, this is worth taking note of because Paul often finishes his letter letters with the idea that sort of summarises the whole argument. And I think these three words cut right to the heart of his message to the church in Colossae where it says, remember my chains. And I just wonder whether it's possible that, like us today, Christianity could become a comforting idea to be enjoyed from the safety of your own home as a retreat away from the struggle of daily life. And we can so easily forget how hard won this gospel was, how high the cost, how significant the consequences, how urgent the call. Paul's reminding us here that our faith is grounded in struggle and difficulty. And why is he doing that? I think it's because the chains of Paul point us to the cross of Christ. And that in a way runs through all these four verses that we've read, uh, five verses that we've read this morning. The gospel was hard fought and written in the lives of ordinary flawed humans. Luke wrote a gospel, but the next time Demas is mentioned, we're told that he has abandoned the faith completely. Laodicea started as this sort of vibrant underground church, but in Revelation, it's referred to as neither hot nor cold, just lukewarm. Even Paul spent the rest of his life being passed through the judicial system from court to court and eventually died in Rome, probably still in chains. But all the while, through these stories, the Church of Christ was advancing. And this passage, I don't know about you, but it helped me see that our heritage lies in the line of these normal people, men and women, physicians and teachers, that came before us and have been doing this work for millennia. It started with a human, Jesus, and it was passed on to ordinary people like Paul, Luke, Nympha, Archippus, Josh, Ben, Sally, Nick. It's such a privilege that he trusts ordinary people like us with building his church. I mean, we know how bad we are a lot of the time, yet he trusts us all the same. And that's how he's advancing his kingdom. All he asks of us is that we take up our crosses every day and we be willing to be a part of this messy world. As we see here, we can't do God's work and emerge unscathed. We can't build the church and not bear the scars for it. We'll definitely get stuff wrong, but God, in his grace, will still be writing his story and the story of his church. So today we just have to remember Paul's chains and take up our cross, because if the gospel was advanced by the real people in this passage... There's no reason it can't be done through us in London or wherever we are in 2021 in a post-pandemic culture. And I think that's really encouraging. Um, I'd just love us to finish kind of by personally praying that God would use us in whatever state we're coming in. Um, and I'd also love, just before passing back to Josh, to pray for our leaders who are kind of carrying this charge and have this really sort of big responsibility that they're given. So I'll just lead us in a prayer and then I'll hand back to Josh if that's okay. So Lord, we just um, take this second to look in at ourselves and we see good and bad. We see strengths and we also see scars. Um, and we thank you that by your grace you use us as we are. 
Um, thank you that you don't ask for perfect people, but you work through all of us. And we thank you for this really rich heritage that we have um, in the line of saints that have come before us. And this morning we pray that you would fill us with the power of your spirit and you would use us to build your church uh, in 2021. And we just take this moment to pray particularly for our leaders, uh, those charged with stewarding the church and presenting it to you in good condition and for Josh and Jamie and Jago and everyone else who leads in the church. Uh, we thank you for their service and we just pray this morning that you would fill them with courage and hope and energy. And we pray that every one of us would choose to take up our crosses every day, knowing that it's been hard fought in the chains of Paul and the cross of Christ. In your name, amen. Thanks, Ben. And off the back of what Ben said, why don't we pray for our leaders, both here at HTC um, and in the church in general? Why don't we pray for our witness to London? Um, that we won't be lukewarm like they were in Laodicea, but we'll be on fire for God. And let's pray for our own personal ministries, the places that God has called us to. Ask that we will fulfil our ministries by the power of God's Spirit in us. Let's pray.